0: Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God.
1: Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. with the Volks. My name is Shelley.
2: And my name is June. Hi everyone.
1: June, this is a very special time of the year and it's a special time on God's calendar because this is the time of the year that our Jewish people celebrate the Feast of Shavuot. And to us who know the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior and Messiah, this feast is known as Pentecost. And this feast is really the conclusion of the redemptive process that began with Passover. And naturally, the Exodus from Egypt brought our people to Mount Sinai, where the Torah was given, the law was given. And of course, Passover recalls the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. And we read in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, that Jesus is our Passover lamb. I bring this out because we need to see that those who have come from a Gentile background need to understand the foundation uh, of what took place in the New Testament. For example, as we just saw, Jesus is our Passover lamb. And we see the Feast of Shavuot or Pentecost has significance because the foundation of Pentecost was laid right there in the Old Covenant, which we are, of course, going to talk about.
2: Our people, Shelley, believe that the Torah was given on Mount Sinai on Shavuot, yes, which yeah. was seven full weeks, which is like the fullness of time. But it's interesting because we can almost see why Jesus said that you think that there's life in the Torah or in the scriptures but really the life is in me. And he was making the differentiation for us to know that we can read the scriptures, we can even believe the scriptures, but that we need to really turn and give our hearts and lives to the Lord himself because it's in him, by him, and through him. That we have life.
1: Amen. So regarding Passover, God brought the people of Israel through the Red Sea on dry ground. And seven weeks later, actually 50 days later, according to Jewish writings, as Junie just said, the Torah, the law, which really is not defined as law, but it's really instruction, was given to them at Sinai. And in Jewish writings, it's clear that that was the exact day of Shavuot on the Hebrew calendar. Specifically, it's on the sixth day in the month of Sivan, and we've mentioned many times on our radio program over the years that the feasts of the Lord are not appointed. Are are the appointed times of the Lord clearly spelled out in Leviticus 23? They are not times for Israel only, but they are appointed times of the Lord. And as believers in the Messiah. We need to realize that this is foundational for our understanding of who Jesus is. They're significant for our lives. For example, Passover is a picture of our salvation. We were set free from the bondage of sin, just as our people were set free from their bondage of slavery in Egypt. And we know that Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day, and that was an appointed time of the Lord known as the Feast of First Fruits. And we read in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 20, these words, But now Christ, or oh the Messiah, has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in the Messiah all shall be made alive, but each in his own order." Christ, the Messiah, the firstfruits, after that, those who are the Messiahs at his coming. So, Junie, we see a dramatic link between the feasts of the Lord, the appointed times of the Lord, and Jesus, who came to fulfill these feasts.
2: And you know, Shelley, before we knew Jesus as the Messiah and the Son of God, you and I thought that Christianity was another religion, another faith. And for the most part, most people don't realize that the scriptures tell us that there is one faith, one baptism, and one God. So to understand the um, scriptures from the Torah of the appointed times of the Lord, as you said before, is really an understanding of who Jesus is. Because he himself said, I have not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And it's spoken of in the New Testament that it is written of him or written of me in the volume of the book. And it tells us that in the Psalms as well. So we really need to see the amazing, wonderful thing that God did when he came to earth as man to redeem Israel and to redeem the world For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son.
1: Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with us to Leviticus chapter 23. And we encourage you to look at this chapter. This is probably not the the most significant chapter in your understanding, but it will give you the basis for the relationship that we have with the Lord and understanding that these feasts are appointed times of the Lord. So we're going to start in verse 15 in Leviticus chapter 23. You shall also count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath. From the day when you brought in the sheep of the wave offering, there shall be seven complete Sabbaths. You shall count 50 days. This is where we get the, the name Pentecost. 50 days. Penta is 50. You shall count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall present a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring in from your dwelling places two loaves of bread for a wave offering, made of two tenths of an ephah, they shall be a fine flour baked with leaven as first fruits to the Lord. Along with the bread you shall present seven one year old male lambs without defect, and the bull of the herd, and two rams. They are to be a burnt offering to the Lord with their grain offering and their libations, an offering by fire of a soothing aroma to the Lord. You shall also offer one male goat for a sin offering and two male lambs one year old for a sacrifice of peace offerings. The priest shall then wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering with two lambs before the Lord. They are to be holy to the Lord for the priest. On this same day, you shall make a proclamation as well. You are to have a holy convocation. You shall do no laborious work. It is to be a perpetual statute in all your dwelling places throughout your generations when you reap the harvest of your land. Moreover, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor gather the gleaning of your harvest. You are to leave them for the needy and the alien. I am the Lord your God. You know, Junie, we have a tendency to pass over verses like this, but they're so rich and show the foundation for the fulfillment that we do see in the Feast of Pentecost.
2: And you know what's amazing, Shelley? I know we're going to talk about this during the week, but the Book of Ruth is read in synagogues during this Feast of Shabuot or the counting of the Omer um, for the 50 days. And here we see the commandment that was given by God in verse 22. Where it says, when you reap the harvest of your land, moreover, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor gather the gleaning of your harvest. You are to leave them for the needy and the alien. I am the Lord your God. And we remember that Naomi was needy and Ruth was an alien. And we see the fulfillment of God's honoring a an alien to become the grandmother of David. It really is an incredible
1: story. It really is. Well, let's get back to that portion in Leviticus 23, for example. We read, you in verse 16, it says, A new grain offering to the Lord. Something new is occurring at this time. And the fact is that this is the only feast or appointed time of the Lord where there was an offering that included leaven. And we see that this is a picture. These were two loaves of bread. And these two loaves really are a picture of Jew and Gentile coming together. And of course, we're not completely perfect yet. And perhaps that's why they were made with leaven. But this is a picture of what was yet to come. The only offering that was ever made with leaven. And God's going to bring Jew and Gentile as one new man together under the authority of the Holy Spirit. We also see in verse 18, it's an offering by fire. And you need to keep this in mind because when we go to Acts 2, we'll see tongues of fire fell on 120 in the upper room. So again, there's indications of what is yet to come. Then we saw in verse 22, there was an agricultural aspect to the feast. And at the end of the verse, we, we there's a picture, as Junie pointed out, of Gentiles or strangers being able to share in the harvest, in the wheat harvest. And again, this is a, a tremendous prophetic picture, Junie, of the fact that the that Jesus, the, yes, came to the people of Israel, but when Israel rejected who he was, the gospel was open to the, all the nations. And we see this as foundational for the Feast of Pentecost. And again, we saw, and we'll go into it tomorrow, Junie, that many people don't realize that Pentecost really is the completion of the redemptive process. And we're going to look at Luke 24 tomorrow. We're running out of time today. But we encourage you, before tomorrow, read Leviticus 23 and get a sense of what God is speaking in a prophetic way. So, um, we want to conclude today by saying that Pentecost means 50. And according to Jewish writings, it was on this day, that the law was given when the people came out of Egypt, out of their bondage, and on this 50th day, we as believers celebrate the day of Pentecost.
2: And as we're going to learn this week, that Pentecost was the day of the baptism of 120 believers who were called to the upper room to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, but they didn't know it. So, Lord, I pray that every listener and Shelly and I would be called by you, even as you mentioned Peter's name and Peter too, to come to the upper room to seek your face, to know you. And, Lord, I pray in Yeshua's holy name that you would, even in the listening of these words, baptize us in the Holy Spirit and with fire that we might make it through with your life alive in us.